on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hi guys, welcome back to the Bogeyman podcast with Johnny and Dave. Johnny, how are things over your neck of the woods? Yeah, great at the moment, actually. So we've just got off a few days together playing Castle yep. Rock. Yep. Um, and then now we're just back to the regular grind of normal life before winter golf this weekend. I'm excited. Yeah, we bit of winter golf. Uh, we were just talking. I was uh, in the midst of what feels like Hunger Games territory, trying to book a tea time for limited slots in St. Anne's over the winter. So bloody hell like you need to be on the ball here like these things open at like ours opened a quarter past eight it's now eight minutes past eight and you're not you're not getting out genuinely you're not getting out people are just dying to get out of the house i think people are dying to get away from uh the thought of potentially having to do a christmas tree this week or something like that like i've seen i've seen a lot of christmas trees up it's november people but don't come to my house, Dave. <laughs> don't, yeah, all right, okay. don't come over here. Stay away from your house. Oh, yeah, you, I, you get invested. You, yeah, you get involved. Um, big, big Christmas house. Big, big Christmas. No, no, we're a big Christmas house. I think just when, when it's in December, yeah. I think we go for that. But on that, presents have to be bought for the golf people in your life. Quack have a new range. Um, we spoke to Scott just today about it. Uh, New Range has just been launched just before Black Friday. Uh, don't worry, folks. You're still going to get discounts on all of that product via the Bogeyman uh, code on their site, which will give you 50, 15% off, not 50% off, 15% off. Uh, so Bogeyman at checkout, and you're going to get that. So they have a new line of... Two hoodies. One's a kind of a thinner one. One's a little bit heavier. Um, quarter zips have evolved into this really nice light, yet has a thermal material on the inside of it. So a really good winter piece. Um, new polos, and they've gone away from the performance polos to a more cottony one as well. Um, so they're all online. So go and get some stuff for the golf person in your life. If that person is you, that's fine. So yeah, Merry Christmas, me from me. From Actually, me. If people want to see what the new what some of the new quarters of look like, you have you and you wear one in your interview with Matt McLean. Yes. So that's a good example of of this the type of fabric and the lightness of it, and also just how warm it is because you were wearing that when you're playing castle. Yeah, I, I actually only wore that, didn't I? During yeah. the during the day. I like and it was like it was winter, it was the proper winter conditions, and I, I actually don't remember that now. And so yeah, I, I just like that stuff. I don't like wearing heavy stuff at all. Um, the any or anything that kind of more so anything that restricts you. So the older stuff, I like it. I pref- I, I really, really like the new stuff. Really, really like the new stuff. Um, and yeah, the hoodies have two different feels to it as well. One's lighter, one's a bit heavier. So have a look at the sizing charts on those as well. Um, there's one of them that fits a little bit smaller. So if you're kind of if you're on the the edge go for the size up but the quarter zips they fit they fit through the size so um as i said 
get to the Quack website, enter Bogeyman at checkout, get your 15% off. Um, and like, to be honest, that on the new stuff is actually a bigger discount for you guys than the Black Friday sales on that specific product. So your you're quid's in, basically. So it's been a busy season, I guess, since we spoke properly on the podcast. Yeah. Rory's won the DP World Tour Championship race yeah. to whatever it's called, race to Dubai. John Ram won the actual championship and he yeah. won the yeah. overall season. But and as great a season as, as Rory had, we were saying that the main story or the top story for us is Leona Maguire. Oh, definitely. Without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. So she obviously um, came second at the uh, race of CME Tour Championship to yeah. Lydia Ko, who won. She finished, what, 10th place in the actual over the, yeah. in the season. Mm-hmm. She's now ranked 11th in the world. 11th, yeah. And she had a top 10 finish on the Ladies European Tour race across Costa del Sol uh, over in Malaga. So she's having one hell of a year. Like her rookie season was 2020. Like she played some Metro Tour in 2020, won on this Metro Tour to get out of it. And we're going to talk about this, like whatever the level is, she just jumps to it. There's, there's a, we've spoken about pros who do this all of the time, that no matter what the level you see it, you see the inverse so often is like people get to a level, get their cards, can't do it, or it yeah. just doesn't work out or whatever happens. The, her ability to rise through the ranks and like step up to Symmetra level from being the world number one in, in the amateur circuit for 130 something weeks. Obviously, that's crazy. It's a stat in itself. She steps to Symmetra, she wins, she jumps on to the LPGA tour. She, she goes around and gets her win within 18 months. She gets onto the Solheim Cup team. She wins, <laughs> wins everything in front of her. Um, then now she's obviously risen into the the top ele- the eleventh in the world, as you said. Um, like the next one is is really is a major, and, yeah. th- and that's that's like like everyone is zeroing in on her. When you hear how I suppose from a TV perspective, from a production perspective, how they're talking about her, it's like first name kind of on the list. Like she's at that level, so that 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 is perceived. That's the next level for her. But like I was looking back to this and I was thinking quite hard about her year. <clears throat> today so if you take it that the average tour event on the lpga tour is about a third the size of um a regular men's pga tour event in terms of money leona has won 1.8 million dollars this year proportionally like you you just multiply that by three and that that puts you at the level of what the men will be earning yeah so like that that nets out of 5.4 million dollars so like for like um a lot of people will scramble to see if my maths are correct i think they are i hope they are so yeah so 5.4 million so after rory she that that's proportionally where she is in terms of in terms of money um even as it stands she's fourth only to uh sorry she'd be in fifth place so there'd be seamus uh power uh shane lowry Pori carrington rory mcelroy and leona in fifth and she is playing for a third of the money every week. So let's put that into perspective as to as to what these performances are like. Um, is it in any way, shape, or form a surprise? I don't think so. I just think it needs to be called out a bit more. In fairness, there was a really, really good article by Jeremy Calise in the Sunday Independent 
which actually, if you can get your hands on the Sunday Independent, there was a lot of golf. Generally good reads. There was some really good reads in there from uh, from a golfing perspective. But they were talking, and I literally have it here in front of me, like when they're talking about the the rise of Irish golf and you cannot but have Leona within the upper echelons of it. Like, and it's, I I think we witnessed it as well in Dromoland. Yeah, the impact that that's starting to have and have the, the trickle down impact to um to the domestic game now. Unfortunately, she isn't at the level of recognition, and I think there was a bit of a not a study zone, but it was more of a do you recognize this sporting celebrity? That I think Leona wasn't as recognized, and just in terms of physical her face. Um, but I think that's going to, that really is going to start to change. Um, look, I know she wears a hat and glasses as well, which, which makes her a little less distinguishable in terms of features, um, which is her like her hallmark anyway. She probably flies under the radar a lot more than than the others in terms of her own yeah, putting herself out there. I'd say so. Her her stoicism on the golf course. I was watching this with um, with Megan's granddad on on the Saturday, and. I mean, jokingly, we were both like, geez, you, you'd, you wouldn't know she loves the game of golf because she's so <laughs> steely faced. Yeah. But I would say, I'd say also that her stoicism and just like hit the ball, put the ball in the hole, that mentality has probably not made her as big a personality on the LPGA, which then also leads you to not be as widely recognized because you're not grabbing or making headlines week in, week out. In the same way that if you ask Rory a question, He's given you three headlines. Oh and yeah, so, and so you yeah. very naturally just see him all the time. Yeah. Whereas Leon is very much like, you know, just happy to be here. I'm focused on the win, and I'm going to compete for the win. And she naturally does, and that's that's it for her. And I, I'd say as women's Irish golf and Leon become more mainstream, she will naturally become more more uh, more more recognizable and will be put more in front of the media now. I think as a result of that now as well, naturally becoming yeah. player in the world. And not to kind of preempt, I, I think she probably needs to open up to it more as well in terms Possibly, of yeah, like avail, play that game. Yeah, as I was say play the game, play, play the game. like play it. Like you've you have the golf game and I don't know, and again, I'm not going to put words, but you tend to find it a little bit more in team sports events where it's like. The interview afterwards is like, I'd like to thank the team and blah, blah. And they did a great job. And I'm just the one that blah, blah. Whereas golf is very different. Like you, you are the person, you are the only person that has any impact on, on the actual day. Now, obviously there are <clears throat> backroom teams, etc. but I think that's probably just the next progression. And that's probably just a commercial commercialization piece. But I think like the very, very much sticking to the mantra of letting the golf do the talking at the moment, where I suppose <clears throat> just in terms of, of the wider growth of of women's sport and women's golf like you need an ambassador who who has the ability to um and look as i said she's only been doing this two and a bit years coming on three years so it like it wouldn't naturally it's probably come as easy like rory when he was younger was was not the figure he is now like you know mm-hmm. he's grown into that shane likewise um or a carrington likewise a very much a similar character in terms of the dedication to their craft. Um, but Leona is also, I think it's worth, it's definitely worth noting that she is incredibly involved behind the scenes. Yeah. On the promotion of golf and Irish golf. Like 
you know, the she was a very central figure to the dates around the Women's Irish Open and the new date that is coming for the 2023 Women's Irish Open because they're obviously being built around the biggest name in women's golf. So I, I think just because we don't probably don't hear as much from her from, on the headlines, you'd be incorrect in thinking that she is not yeah. very, very involved in what is going on back here. Oh yeah, like I don't think that. Like, it's it's. I think you always do see it from a men's perspective. I think the guy's coming back to play. I said, no matter if Roy sits on world number one or not, invariably he will try and get back. Shane likewise, Boric. Like I think John Ram is a prime example for the Spanish Open. You will see. We're seeing Seamus do it now. Seamus is at yeah. the point where he has the capacity to. Come yeah, back you, and play Irish Opens, and but you are in a bit of a needle turner in the, in that regard. So, like to embrace that role, um, the presented by role, I think is probably the best way to describe it. So, but um, yeah, I it's funny when she was she was back for. I'm just trying to remember what they were back for, and we, I was down at the K Club, and I just saw this kind of figure with Johnny Foster down at the hotel end driving range. When I arrived at about ten o'clock on really not a nice day and we left about half five and figure was still there and it was actually her <laughs> she was waiting on her some clearance to get back out to the usa i don't know what it was about and i think we kind of we kind of feel that they're just really talented and, and everything kind of comes easy to them and you just don't you just don't see the the work ethic that's behind all of these people um in terms of personality in terms so there's like <laughs> i suppose there is no more sport that's more time consuming in terms of what it takes to to get to to achieve these upper echelons mm. um than, than what they have to put into it so my point around this is you have to you have to balance all of this the the off the course stuff with your actual on course work because the work takes so much time and dedication outside and then, and then there's obviously the tournament the tournament commitments as well but i i just felt like it was when you sat down and thought about it and the reason it kind of came to mind was because so here we have obviously paul kimmage on a five page um exclusive with rory which is well, rory's interviews are always brilliant with kimmage anyway and, and yeah. they they are fantastic he kimmage is able to draw something out of him he obviously has a tr the two have a trust in each other which gets us answers or Kimmage being not from the golf world that probably ask questions in a different way than we would probably than we would interpret and then the next page is obviously Dermot Elise and it's Leona as the main photo so like that in itself to me is significant that mm. it's not Pork. well Pork's picture is there but it's not James it's not Graham McDowell it's not um, Shane Lowry that that's a recognition on her leading the way i suppose like forging a path to be honest mcelroy lowry power like that path has been made for them um has been carved out previously i think there's people who've gone before them that have done great things at Ryder cups that have won majors that have uh i suppose ascended to the world stage yeah, of course. She's she's never done like no one in her world has ever done this. Um, well, she was Irish first Irish LPGA winner. Like, yeah, like um, one of the is she the first Irish LPGA player after Stephanie? Like, I think her just Steph and Stephanie would be pretty close to being the first. So, this was 
yeah, I, I just thought it important to call out and, and worth calling out on, on the context of that. And, and great to see. And like, who's the next Irish person? Like, God, if I put a tenor down now to you and said, who's the next Irish person to win a major? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you'd like, so I'm just looking at the women's majors here for 2023 and yeah. also like unbelievable venues. Um, They're class absolutely brilliant <laughs> so the chevron championship is at the club at carlton woods uh in april 20th to 23rd then the kpmg pga championship is at baltusrol the 22nd to 25th of june u.s women's open pebble beach june 6th to 9th uh then there's the evian which is always up in france mm-hmm. then the aig women's opens at walton heath golf club august mm-hmm. 3rd to 6th so like really cool they are gr- they're great venues Evian's always a funny one some people love us and people hate it some people don't, don't rate it as a as a major but no you you obviously don't um ah, it's just i don't know what it is about it it's, it's I, don't know. I think the fact that it's it's basically a bought major yeah, like in fairness, they were the one that was the big, that was the marquee event in Europe for for a long, 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 long time. Nearly more so than the Open, and I think it was like de factoed into the major scene. Um, that was that's just, that's by the boy. Um, but yeah, like I, I can't like I obviously know a lot of lots of courses from having seen them, etc. Look, <laughs> what of course best suits someone who hits the ball dead straight. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah do you know what i mean like it's everywhere should suit her like she does, it's not like she can only move the ball one way it's not like she's overpowers courses it, it doesn't work like that for her um she doesn't hit it outrageously long she just hits it outrageously straight and take the paint off the flag from with anything from a five hybrid in so um yeah like you don't you would yeah, I was gonna say, oh, links golf would be great, but like you know, just play college golf in the US. Like yeah, Barclay, she's played all Parkland really in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, does she have a preference? I don't know. I don't know where that would lie, but like she's got she's five cracks at in fact, well, I'm gonna say four cracks at a major next year. And I if you're talking whose stock is at its highest, um uh, and and I'm talking relatively as well, like you you give them like for like status um probably she probably maybe just sneaks it in ahead of rory maybe i, I in terms of the success of the year um, i don't I, I don't think i don't think so like rory no. won fedex and dp world tour championship and finished the year at world number uh, one no sorry I, no i meant to say from the the from the perspective of winning a major oh right sorry, um, sorry. in terms of their stock going into it's that like Rory's year was <laughs> yeah next level um do I think she, yeah I mean I would like to think that she could go into any major at any time when yeah. um I think with Rory it's all going to lead up till April and then after that he'll we we will all kind of calm down after the Masters because for him it's really the career grand slam or yeah whatever that's, that's the one that's at this stage that's waiting to take yeah. Um oh, I'll be class to see if she if she won a major. It would just be unbelievable. Yeah, I know I that's that's where I think I do think in terms of as I said first uh, as a rising stock towards that. That's that's where, where it nets out. For me, um I think you definitely say she'd win a major before Shane would win a second. 
If you're just focused yes, on yeah, on, yeah, on sure, I'm told, I, I, I'm putting her there that she'll win one before Rory. Okay. Um. So I think extension and it puts ahead of everyone, <laughs> everyone <laughs> in the world. <laughs> He's the best player in the world from the men's side. Um. Yeah, it's a funny thing to say actually, and when you say it like that, like I would back, you know, Maguire to win a major before the best player that plays golf in the world right now. Interesting, but I think there's a there's a lot that goes into this, like reading uh re- we're actually reading that article reading about rory in st andrews reading about what it means to him like it just it just means that much to him because it's been eight years yeah. going into nine that jesus it, it's a long time to have this for for the best player in the world and he's been the best player in the world for a considerable period of that time whether by ranking or nay um Whereas Jonas just stepping up to levels and doing a kind of a bit of a Morikawa type thing, or um, where it's just, do you remember the way at the start he just kind of seemed to breeze through and had clipped off a few majors, and all of a sudden he's like, "Good God, look where I am!" <laughs> but in the PGA and the, the Open, in the Open, you're just like before he really knew what what the whole fuss was about, like it hadn't developed into the into the big thing. <laughs> He was just collecting them at a rate of knots where like hopefully she will do that. Yeah, I think I think I mean you'd hope that she will do it. Especially yeah, get done this year. I mean yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's, um, no, there's not really much more than that. I can you can add to that. Be no, delighted if she would And she has by virtue of her world ranking, she's got every chance and you'd think that she'd be amongst the favorites to go into each one of them um exactly i think and also nicely to segue into we play golf with someone who's going to play in the majors this year we did yes what a what a ball striking uh exhibition even off of mats he was just yeah fantastic wasn't it <laughs> so we played castle rock as you mentioned there a couple of times yeah. uh we went up to port rush with the port rush atlantic hotel and they very kindly put us up and gave us a round of golf at the Castle Rock Golf Club and US Mid-Am champion Matthew McLean joined us for 27 or I guess technically 26 holes on the day but what a golf course and we'll talk about Matt and his his year and Mm. his year upcoming very briefly and I guess if you want a proper deep dive into that listen to the conversation that you had with Matt an hour long long, very 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 interesting conversation I think I was recording that and I was just like just sitting there listening like this is just unbelievable. It's just as like a fan of golf and the competitive amateur side of it. Even if you weren't a big fan of golf and you heard about like the near misses, the decision to go over to the States to then be himself and Hugh be the first two Irish people in a US mid-am final and mm-hmm. then by virtue of the first ever Irish winner of a minimum uh just great great story i it's my it's one of my it's one of my favorite chats actually i've ever had around golf i think a lot of interviews you'll get i think people can focus on what got the player to that point rather than delving into like i wanted to know everything about that week not that i didn't care about matt's arrival at that point but i was like there is so much in this week that people would want to know because we could only follow it from afar. Um, 
but actually, do you know what? We'll go into that in a, in a few minutes, maybe. And but I actually want to check, yeah, Castle Rock. What is it about the north of Ireland at the moment that literally has us kind of going, oh my god, bloody <laughs> hell, how like it's the hits keep coming so yeah so amy had set it up um amy from uh port rush atlantic Hotel, port rush um really good spot like right in the middle of town two minutes walk away from the harbor bar up the hill and around to, around to the corner um stones throw away from port rush golf club port, uh, port stewart castle rocker 10 15 minutes drive um but yeah like location 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 this is in the middle of town like if you're getting away and you're trying to get away for weekends golf weekends um You'd be mad, genuinely mad not to do it, like bar and restaurant down below. Mm. Um, as I said, access to, to the middle of town is is there. You are in the middle of, in the, of the town. So plenty to do and see. So we, um, yeah, up early uh, to get the best of the light. And off we popped to um, to Castle Rock. Probably the uh, the third of the courses in the region after Port Stewart, Port Rush. Look, fairness, they're, they're two big protective brothers to have for you yeah. in that regard but you're the like sprighty one that's well able to punch above your weight i think that was where, where i netted out with with castle rock i think it kind of reminded me of of duke's golf club down in Kerry, where people will yeah. go oh like there's the bad there's bally bunyan and there's tralee and there's waterville i think you know like duke's is the, an unbelievable golf course down in Kerry, mm. and yeah. i would say castle rock unjustly probably has the same reputation where just because you've got port rush port stewart right like you can you can nearly throw a stone at port rush from the band course yeah uh yeah. so having to yeah yeah you could you could hit a golf ball onto port stewart from the fifth hole of yeah. the band course couldn't you yeah um so to have two behemoths like that just up the road is a, is a tough shadow to have to get out from under but uh a brilliant piece of land and I, I was probably, I hadn't heard much about the band course. So when we played yeah. the Masserine, we played the, the first Muslim. 18. Yeah, sorry. Muslim, yeah. Uh, Masserine. Masserine's another good course, actually. Yeah, up there. Another great golf course, to be fair. <laughs> um, uh, so I was probably a little tired and hesitant to go out and play it, but thank God we did. My yeah. favorite golf course, golf hole on that land was that par five. Sixth hole, um, fifth or sixth, yeah. Um, okay, we'll get to, we'll get into this. So, what is Castle Rock about? So, for anyone who's looked at our art glass video, there's bits of art glass to it. Mm. I said this to you early when I looked back up the first, uh, and I said, Do you know what? There's a bit of there's a there's a feel of our glass. You look back into the town. One and eighteen kind of are a little bit parallel. There's there's some fields of that. Certainly the surfaces as well are similar. Um, uh, probably more of a pure links uh, surface than our glass, but I yeah. suppose in the winter we're playing a little bit softer, so it kind of felt the same. Um, there's bits of a few places that it brought, like they've got a railway line that runs parallel to the third, or sorry, the fourth and fifth. It's fourth and fifth, isn't it? Mm. um and that kind of gives me like hillside vibes from um uh, just outside liverpool which is one of the really 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 strong courses from there where the railway line runs across the first um there's a bit of dukes to it um then you get into 
we said it there's a there's a, is a bit of a corbelous feel to some parts of it as well and that you yeah. don't have huge dunes but you've got you, you play down into them and around them and through them and then you finish i i think you end up with a, with a couple of very very strong holes to finish as well um which is, like which a, is always great yeah there's like a, a cash and feel sorry there's like yes a, like a cash and feel there toward yeah. the end in particular yeah a lot of hit it where you see it like a few if you're in the middle there you can probably open the shoulders and then you have to climb up over a hill i'm just trying to remember which hole it was par five on the fur on the back nine that was the blind tee shot and you're yes. kind of trusting the line on it um so lots of yes and then actually the hole after that was fifth six 16 yeah so that was 15 and then you had 16 the par three 17 the par five and 18 par four dogleg goes up into the, yeah so 15 16 are actually do you know the last four holes are excellent yeah. like really really good and it was it was a lot of fun it's a lot of like that kind of winter golf i think i said it uh, and you'll see in the video I said it it's i like that kind of winter golf we played it a little bit forward it's cold but that only negates the coldness of it really yeah um of of the day and like, it wasn't baltic or anything like that but nice kind of a calm one as well which also helps and then you got to watch some really 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 nice play as well yeah so we did a and i think i think for anyone that kind of meets one or other of us a question that always gets asked is like what do you play off and yeah uh invariably i'll always call myself the the club representative because <laughs> you, you you play off plus two as it is at the moment yeah, and so uh, the video that we have are posting or are putting up is an every shot video of what a plus two golfer's round looks like, um, just mm-hmm. to really highlight the disparity between me, your golf and mine. Um, <laughs> and just the way that you got around the golf course was was a, a joy to watch. I have to say, it's really really fun to watch yourself and Matthew get around. Like you finished. Three on three under par for the round. Yeah. Um, and that it, it felt and it looked like it very easily could have been five or six under. Yeah, it probably is, should have been five, really. Which is where Matthew finished seven under, six under, six, yeah, six, six under. without even batting an eyelid. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was funny. We, we had said this, and <laughs> it's funny the pressure is. That I always had a thing with cameras at the start when we started doing this, and Johnny, when Johnny's telling, I'd be like, "Oh, jeez, I don't want to, ah, I don't want to." Feels like you put yourself out there. Yeah. You had said this to me, like, "It's like if you're going to do this, and will you just try and play well, please?" <laughs> kind of thing. And to be honest, it's always a, it's always easier when you've got someone who's kind of blazing away, um, in terms of being really solid with you. For sure, yeah. yeah. I, and, and I don't mean just from a scoring perspective at all. I actually mean a ball flight perspective. You find it always easier if one, if someone goes ahead of you and hits it into a window that you can see or that you can imagine. And in fairness, Matt and I would have actually had quite a similar ball flight. Um, it's, it's, a, it's one that kind of slightly, slightly goes from left to right um, and very much the same distances. So you could see him and like follow follow the lead yeah which which may which does make it a lot easier look don't don't get me wrong it, it, it that makes it 
and, and I, you tend to find that when you play in bigger events too, the better the players that you play with. Uh, it kind of drags you along. Um, but no, it, it was nice. It was just a nice round. I think I was conscious of, yeah, look, you want to play well when you're playing with someone of, of his standard as well, like you kind of say. And there's also a part for me as well, because a lot of people will know us from this and you arrive at a championship, like, can you actually can you actually play like can you actually that's a good point because you do score a lot yeah because you you have played in championships and i think that's Mm. also then for passive fans of the podcast or listeners of the podcast some of them might not know that and they might not have known that like you do compete at that level or play at that level and so this is a this video would be a good way to show that you know this is what that level looks like you know, yeah, on, on, a, I, on like, a very in a very casual setting, this is what that level looks like. And and I and I preface this as well. I'd say this is what it looks like to be a player who can just about keep his head above water at that level. <laughs> no, and I'm deadly serious. I think in, yourself. No, I don't think I am, Johnny. To be honest, because frankly, if you don't shoot three under par, two at least, if you're not under par in that round on that course. I don't think you have much business going to a championship with any aspirations of actually doing anything whatsoever. I don't care what your handicap is. Like you could, don't know what way it works with some people trying to get into these things. Um, they could be off absolute ridiculous numbers, like plus three, plus four, plus five or whatever. Um, and not score. Like, I think if, if you didn't show up there and you, for example, if I didn't rock up there, say I played in all the championships this year to Matt and didn't shoot three under, I'd say he'd probably look and go, like, what the hell are you doing? Even bothering your head doing this? Just go and play scratch cups. Sure, um, sure. And that's a really blunt way of looking at it, to be honest. So for those people who do have an aspiration and they're playing a lot of winter golf and it's clean in place everywhere, like really think long and hard about going to these things. They're, no, but they're great fun to go to. You can get in, go, give it a lash. But uh, with an aspiration to just like... I missed every cup by two shots this year, one or two shots, and that's where I'm at. Um, so yeah, put that put that into the back of your mind when you're kind of going out and benchmarking yourself, I suppose. And that's actually an attitude that I'm actually taking into my winter golf this year. And it really is, is like that I'm going to whatever about going out to have a bit of fun. I'm actually going to go and put a score together all the time and get used to doing that. Okay. And get used to finishing out everything. Um. And, and being more competitive because that was my major downfall last year that I didn't actually play enough competitive golf outside the championships. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the background to us or the, how we decided to approach it. And then we just happened to have a man who's heading off to the masters in the U S open to lead the way. So a nice be- beacon out in front of us to, to follow and yeah, whatever, Anyone, I, I know I had started in this part of it <clears throat> earlier on, but to have a look, good look at the podcast. I think I wanted to get into very specifics with Matt. I didn't want to have a general, this is mm. your life and tell me all about it. I wanted to kind of capture a piece that, and I think we did as well, that was very unique to him and him alone. So there's only two people who could really speak to what he has done. And that's he and Hugh Foley, because he was the only one there. Yeah. Like it was really just the two of them. So I, yeah. And, and it was just, look, he's a very, very articulate guy, obviously very clever, worldly, I suppose, is probably the best way to describe it. A little bit outside of the profile of your 
traditional successful amateur at the moment. He and Colin Campbell are obviously Peter Keefe are a little bit older, probably been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. But um yeah, it was just nice to sit back and just listen to him. Like and it's very nice to listen to um from the perspective of he doesn't need didn't need prompting in any way, shape, or form. He was well able to kind of evolve a evolve a question to 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 a good to a good um to a good finishing point. So yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, he's very thoughtful with all of his answers. And I I really liked his just his mentality and his approach to each of the kind of the near misses that he had throughout the season, but then also to the win that he he did have against Hugh Foley. Yeah. It was never like too high or too low. He it was a very uh just a very thoughtful conversation. And I think that, that was really, really interesting to kind of just be a third part of party to. <laughs> Yeah, he was. <clears throat> it was, for want of a better word, you. It was kind of a conversation you could have had over a pint very easily, mm. and not and not have it had had not have had it be an interview, I suppose. Um. Yeah, because right, I think those those things are key. Like like as I said, I asked him, did he if he won the Irish Am in the island, like would that have been nice and successful year from an, a personal perspective? See how far he kicks on. And, and not go on to win that like these things are all meant to be and lo and behold the two of them ended up playing for he and you Foley ended up playing for and I suppose the one question I didn't ask at the time was that you play so often for status and stature and kudos of winning a championship with no and with nothing tangible outside of the trophy mm. whereas all of a sudden you were playing for something that had huge ramifications from what you gain out of it, which is obviously invites to the Masters, the US Amateur, the US Open, the British Am, and you have all of these great things to come. Um, that was the first time that there was ever a consequence, if you like, to, to losing in, in what you miss out on um, outside of the actual <clears throat> outside of the actual accolade of winning the trophy. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, look, there's, a, there's an hour of this chat to go, no point in us talking about the chat just go and listen to another it. hour yeah 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 exactly <laughs> exactly but, yeah it's um, great it's a great chat definitely well worth um tuning into that one if you haven't already but, sorry and it was he did well, he actually wanted to go and play the the nine holes with us the second nine so in fairness we had we had filmed we played 18 we were probably a little tired we ran around the corner really nice coffee shop around the corner in castle rock literally literally a walking distance away from the car mm-hmm. park um, grabbed the sambo, grabbed the coffee and uh, a Coke, and we trotted back. Come on, we go for nine. And my days, are we glad that we did? Yeah, because because I, I was aware of the light that we were losing, and I was like, oh, it'd be nice to get the drone up and do the interview. But I'm thank, I'm very, very thankful that we went out and played, played that nine-hole course. The band course... My 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 favorite nine holes on that course are the band course. I I don't know my favorite nine. Like it was like it was hugely enjoyable. I think it certainly has. I think two, maybe if not three, of my favorite holes in the twenty-seven are on that nine. Mm. Um, there's 
the second, second hole. Yeah. <laughs> that absolute peach of a par oh, four. It's great not long, one. but my God, it's lethal. Yeah. Uh, the third, no, not third. It was the third part three. No, the third was a short part three. It was the six, fifth and the sixth, I think, wasn't it? Or no, fifth and the seventh. The fifth mm. and the seventh, which is the par five that runs down around the Ban Estuary. Yeah. Um, I have no bunker par five with trouble absolutely everywhere, but a big, massive fairway. And if you hit it, you're great. You're, uh, it's just a spectacular hole. You're looking into Port Stewart Golf Club, down to the estuary, probably the best looking surfing waves that you're going to see. I couldn't believe that, by the way, the way the waves are breaking either side of the estuary. Mm. And then you're looking back towards Donegal, the massive cliffs that are to the, which would be that the east side of Ballyliffin. Um, and it's like, where? <laughs> oh my good God. Um, so it, I actually spoke to Bert McKay. So Bert McKay is the GM up there. And originally, I believe he was saying that Marniebert had, had offered just to do an 18 hole of the whole lot in, and the, to include that piece of land. Um, and it would have been such an interesting, I think if they had done that, it probably would have elevated it to stratospheric places i think really but the the i think the membership had voted to go down the nine hole route and it's very much how the community gets into golf there so look i get that they probably did have the potential to make <clears throat> something to elevate it to port stewart mm-hmm. even to put rush levels but it serves a purpose in the way that the rathmore the valley course does in port rush it's the local members course it's where kids commit to play like the bank course is 200 pounds a year to join and play and it's what a joke golf. and you're just like imagine learning to play golf there like you need every single shot you can possibly muster to play mm-hmm. on that golf course because um, we played with a, a local member james uh, yeah. so an army officer who was with us and we like yourself and, and matt teed off a couple of times first <laughs> I always waited for James. So whatever he hit in that course, I was like, yeah, I'm hitting that as well. He had a military discipline to him. Oh, he didn't. Matt and I had abandoned by that stage. We were like, yeah, at that point, you were, yeah, we'll but hit driver, we, see what happens. Look what happened. We got to the eighth and it was like, no, no, let's just hit an iron. We were sick of losing ball. Like we both, we went through, the two of us nearly went through, like, so bear in mind, he was six under and I was three under on the big course. And by the fifth hole on the small course, we were both, we both lost two balls. So, or sixth hole. So that like, there you go, because we were doing daft things really. But yeah, um, yeah it, like it requires discipline. It requires a bit of shot making. You have to move the ball both ways, yeah. genuinely. For, for any level of success on the course, you have to move the ball both ways. Um, I oh, just I remember like on the second going, what like how good is this hole? And then you get on to the as I said the fifth, and you're just like, well that's unbelievable. And then you're looking at seven, which is the par three into green set into the dune, which oh, just if you're going there, and obviously we did not expect this. Go, you're going for a 27 hole day. Yeah, you're not going for an 18 hole day at all like if you want and you're tired 
lobby out half your ball or half your clubs out of your bag and do a half set round around that course and try and shot make your way around it. Um, yeah, because you're not going to need woods. Like it's it's not it's no, not a woods course no. at all. No, you're a bit of a twit outside of the f- and even the first was a little bit ambitious. Now we had drivers there and it was lucky, but I, I, there's it, there's no life in like bring your five bring a five wood potentially like three wood is actually too much bring a five woods um five wood four iron six iron eight iron nine iron wedge and a putter and have the time of your life to be honest and it just rounded out like a really good when i was reflecting on it driving back to belfast that night i was like god that was that wasn't an enjoyable day of winter golf like we went up there got up there about half eight uh depths of winter let's face it Mm. um Got 27 holes in, in complete comfort. Had a sandwich down at the coffee shop and tipped on her way. So this isn't just a winter only thing. Now you play off mats and that's fine for the protection of the course. But um, imagine that in the height of summer. Whew. I know. You'd never get out because you'd, you'd, you'd have to imagine it's so popular with local members and, and member guests that like, because also they, they weren't on the day we were there. They weren't running tea times. For the bank course, just a case of you pay whatever it is. I'm not sure they, and then you do. just pop out. I'm, I wasn't sure that they did, to be honest. But I think I think it was just like first up, best yeah. dress kind of thing. So out you go, see a slot, jump in. Um, but look for it brought to mind that that area to me is not just Port Stewart, Port Rush, mm-hmm. and the big course. Like if you were. If you were up for a weekend and the two courses you played were the Valley, the smaller course in Portrush, and Castle Rock with 27 holes, and you had an one overnight or two overnights, or two, two nights and two and those courses. Bloody hell, like that is a hell of a um that's a hell of a few days of golf. And like with the being able to stay in the middle of the town as well, and you have like there's a lot of boxes that could be ticked with a trip like that. Yeah, the ideal, like an ideal spot for, you're also so close to, so like a lot of other places that you could get a third course in there. If you're heading like, up from Dublin, you could play. Dublin well, or alternatively as well, you just, you get the foil, um, you can get the foil uh, ferry across in summer and that pops you into Ballyliffin. So you're actually in Bally, like it's only 16 miles to Ballyliffin as the crow flies. So if you go straight across on that ferry, and then you're into Bally Liffin as well. So what it does is it opens up like outside of the, the, the bigger courses and it gives, look, the, these places, it's very, while it, I suppose the Rathmore, the, the Valley course in Port Rush is the local members course for Port Rush. Um, likewise, this is the local members course for, for, for the region as well, to be honest. Um, it just, yeah, it add it adds so much to to a small, or it could it could add huge. It could be a huge weekend for yeah. you, and you don't have to don't have to do the big ones. Like do that in their bucket list things. They can be done another time. Yeah, it was a real treat. It was a real treat. Very 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 fun fun day. I guess there's only one thing left, and that is to talk about the likes of Gary Hurdy, Tom McKibben, John Murphy, who have all got their DP World Tour cards. Um, we were talking about this with Matthew and they've all gone about it in very impressive fashion. I think Tom, who got it done during the season and got his tour card, I think so 
early in advance of the two of the guys that a lot of people forgot that he got his card. And then Gary played it very, very well on the DP World Tour Q school and was open amongst the top of them for the for the entire five rounds. And then John Murphy shooting a 64 in the final round to, to get in by the skin of his teeth. Three very different routes to get into the same place, but very, very impressive. Um, <clears throat> there's a kind of a synergy here to what I was talking about with Leona and Tom McKibben, it looks like. Yeah put him at the level and watch him watch him go uh was very positive was that a really bad saturday looked like it had really dumped him out of it um and and made the trip a bit of like obviously making the cut in your first first official event as as a card holder but then really lit it up on Sunday when there was like, that was money-making day. Do you know, that's yeah, where you, yeah. that's where you start to climb through like the thousands, like every birdie's worth a couple of grand, every birdie's worth a couple more. Um, and yeah, is this another case of someone who can just get to the level and doesn't fluster him? Look, unbelievable. like can't, can't emphasize how good of a team he has around him between Emma at uh, uh, James C between Chris Elfridge on the bag so he's got a huge experience around him for such a, for young kids and he just seems to he just, he just seems to rise to the occasion so like it's great um, yeah like very, very impressive very impressive uh, onwards and upwards now there's, there's plenty more golf for him before I think there's a couple of more events before Christmas or is that his last event before Christmas I have no idea <laughs> um, must have a look at, at what fields he pops into because it seems like the iron <laughs> definitely needs to be struck at the moment because it's pretty hot so like mm. I, i'm sure he's more and look he's a young kid like <laughs> travel like we travel up and down to, <laughs> to castle rock and wrecked <laughs> and <laughs> can't do anything the next day he's a young fella he like he's got plenty of energy to, yeah. to do this so there's this south african open championship Considering he played in the Joburg, and this has also happened in Joburg, yeah, you got to assume that himself and John are going to be in the field for that. Yeah. Then there's the ISBS Handa Australian Open, which is on the exact same time, but obviously in Australia. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure you'll, you'll chat about in a second. And then yeah. the week following, the eighth to the eleventh, is the Alfred Dunhill Championship in yeah. Leopard Creek. So you yeah. got to you got to assume the two boys, John and Tom, are going to play that swing. Yeah, well, they're, they're full card holders, so yeah, I think that's 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 the natural um natural progression for them, I'd imagine. Yeah, and then there's the Mauritius Open, which is back on the calendar. <sighs> that wouldn't be bad, would it? Oh, great, great time to be going Mauritius. I tell you that as a man 15, who's there. Fifteen to the eighteenth, yeah, fifteen to the eighteenth. Like I can imagine now, it's the it's like pot wise, it's the smallest you'll play for all year. But hey. <laughs> like it's not it's not bad not a bad place to have to go and, and look you're working your way back up like you're you're going north from yeah from after the south african open so um so yeah so they've obviously got i assume the guys will be in in those fields so look hopefully they can start to rack it up as you had said the isbs handa is in um australian victoria golf club down in melbourne um Connor Purcell has just Monday qualified his way into it. I just spotted on on his Insta there. He was down at, I think it was his brother's wedding, obviously decided to bring the clubs <laughs> and, and has Monday qualified into uh, Australian, the Australian Open. 
which here we go. Like, is this, this is like, not like, and I don't want to put too much pressure into this, like, or, or read too much into it, but another fella who like started last year, no status anywhere. Yeah. goes on to Abstor, like lights it up there for before, for before tournaments, gets a few challenge tour invites. All of a sudden, he was relatively comfy in the top 70 to get his full challenge short card this year in the same way Gary Hurley was. Um, like, who knows? Like, genuinely, who knows what, what, what this could bring? Can you imagine being down for, like, your brother's wedding, bring the clubs, Monday qualifying in here, and see, see what happens with, uh, uh, with, the, actual, with the actual events? Oh, it, it, this could be the start of, I know we said we'd try not to put too much pressure on them, but we'll get carried away a little bit here. But this could be the start of a very good generation for Irish golf on tour. Obviously, I think a few weeks ago we spoke about there's, there is the Rory's, Shane's, Seamus's, Porrick's. And then there is a bit of a drop or a bit of a gulf between what was coming up or coming down the line Yeah, in terms of an Irish golf perspective. And we've always been talking about like these guys are coming, these guys are coming, and like they're here now. They've you know they've knocked down the door. They're all like playing the European Tour in different ways. Three of them have their full cards. This could be a very very exciting time for for Irish golf now. Yeah, like, and there's no reason why Connor can't go and do well here. Like he's won the Australian Amateur. Yeah. Like um, he's played played in he's played in one of the Australian Tour events down in the down in New South. Well, as soon as we said, well, it's open. Um, so like, go on, fill your boots while you're there before Christmas, and like these are these are just the strange things that just evolve in the golf world. That you're in the right place at the right time, and we're in an event where you've probably no pressure nor expectation. Mm-hmm. Go and shoot a few good rounds and and see what happens. Yeah, good luck to him. He's yeah. uh, he's an impressive young man. Um, who probably hasn't had that much luck in his pro career since he started so he's this you know he'd be due it the genuine like i i i feel very strongly about that i was like he came off his worker cup year and covid shut his life down for two and a half years from a professional perspective and it really only this is to me last year was his actual rookie year so hey why not the universe owes him something so hopefully he'll go and get it yeah is there much else going on then after that? Uh, Tiger's got a sore foot and he can't play in his own tournament in Albany, which no, is don't, don't annoying. Um, yeah, Tiger can't play in the Hero Invitational in Albany in the Bahamas. It's just him and his 23 closest friends giving them some money. Uh, apparently they get world ranking points too, which is interesting to the old livers over there. <laughs> they don't don't, don't start that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cam Smith won um, the um, in Australia last week, the Australian PGA. Uh, good field, very good field. Then there actually, uh, Ryan Fox, Jason Scrivener, Leishman, um, Adrian Mironk, uh, Minwoo Lee, the two high guards, not to be sniffed at that event. Mm. He has now won on five tours, I believe, this year. <laughs> Unbelievably impressive when you think of it. And there's one, and there's a major in there: the PGA Tour, the European Tour, the Asian Tour, the Australasian Tour, and the Live Tour. Like, he's he's a global he's a global player, mm. and 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 I still I still really like him. Like he seems to be a little bit Teflon when it comes to all of this. 
live attache or the attache that comes with it or whatever. But um, here he was. Fans loved him down there. He's doing what's right for him. More power to him. I just wish we could see him more often. That's all. Um, and yeah, that was that was pretty much. Oh, uh, Carolyn Hedwell won uh, the final of the. Oh, that was so good. Ladies European Tour so- massive playoff against Metro. Uh, it was a weird one because they were playing like a par three, and then it took the actual par five to separate the two of them. They played yeah. par three. It felt like about twenty times. It's like who's going to make birdie? No, make birdie. They were hitting terrible shots actually into yeah. it. They really were suffering. Like there was water everywhere. Pressure was high and headwall came out on top um and yeah length length made the difference in the end and she got to the par five and she's able to bury one out past your one by about 40 yards and she was going in with an iron instead of a three wood and yeah it was good it was a good good watching on tv actually she did her best with the chip shot though to give to give it away oh, fuck yeah Jesus. send the ball like 15 foot pass you're like what are you doing just cozy this up now and be grand but yeah then she r- rolled in 12 15 footer to win yeah. and yeah there was a lot of relief there i didn't know her the background <laughs> she probably had struggled i think really like not much status in the u.s very much a european tour player now and kind of needed the win um so it was impressive very good field as well uh which is good to see leona obviously back um and Put in a late. I'm not going to say put in a late run, but with consistent run without. She was always threatening kinda... to. I think she was tipped to win. Like I think people had hoped she was going to throw a last round in, but like she was four hundred last round. Yeah. Just just wasn't enough. She was always kind of two or three shots back from the leader yeah. or leaders yeah. throughout the entire week. So it's not not like she was. I think after round two she was tied for first, um. But yeah, from there on out she kind of just two or three shots back, and but it was great. Like also watching. Ling Grant and Maya Stark go toe to toe for the actual tour championship, yeah. and then watching Maya Stark just shoot herself in the face in spectacular <laughs> fashion on Saturday uh, was. They fought. It feels nice. Man. Sorry, shot herself in the foot. Uh, no, no, she shot herself in the face. It was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty, pretty good to watch. To be, I like just in it for entertainment value. Not great for her. I'm sure she was devastated after it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she just kind of blew up in spectacular fashion. Yeah, so Lynn Grant runs on her rookie season. Did she win rookie of the year? Yeah, yeah, she did before this yeah. event even happened. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so she has secured her full LPJ card without setting foot in the United States this season. Yeah, which is a pity because it just means her. That's that's her. She's gone, gone now. Yeah, yeah she, that's her gone. It's the Ryan Fox piece, isn't it? Got the PGA Tour card without ever being there, and now he's gone over from the European Tour. Really. Realistically yeah. speaking, but um, yeah, so they were the moments in golf from this weekend. So, key takeaways find a copy of the Sunday Independent and follow the owner McGuire and go play Castle Rock and listen to our podcast on Mammoth Clean. <laughs> um, the video actually, the video on that will be coming pretty soon as well. Um, so we do have you can you can kind of you get a good sense of what the course we're is not like. Li- so. We're not lying to you about the place, no, no, it's great. Right, I guess that is it. We have gone through a fair bit. So um, until then, we shall see you guys in the next episode. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. 
Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.